now, it's Health Naturally with herbalist and natural therapist, Dennis Stewart. Look, there may be some rain on the way for the weekend, but there's nothing but blue sky and golden sunshine whenever Dennis Stewart graces us on a Friday afternoon. Hello. Hello, Mark. You, you get better every introduction. <laughs> look, a, a big program uh, on Health Naturally this week. We'll be taking a look at the guts. Look, we will have a look at the gut. It's very popular at present, the whole topic of gut health, and rightly so, because I think the gut, or what we might refer to as the gastrointestinal tract, has finally been understood to be the arbiter of good health. Now, we do hear a lot about gut health, mm. uh, gut conditions. Is it, in your opinion, a flavour of the month, or do you think there is a lot more to it? Look, it may be the flavour of the month, but that perhaps is a good thing. I think what the, uh, what's happening presently is that uh, more information is filtering through, suggesting that the, the gastrointestinal tract, or what we call the gut, is not just a tube that we put stuff in to get through and to get out. It's, uh, <laughs> it is it, that as well. <laughs> it is that indeed. But we're beginning to realise it's much more than that, that it is a system that in many ways uh, contributes uh, to our health, our immune system, um, our general sense of well-being. And a lot of this has been brought about by our understanding now that a dysfunctioning gut may be associated with some autoimmune conditions, that is, uh, conditions that affect or reflect themselves on the skin, maybe even on the joints and in the large bowel. And these conditions uh, now are suspected of perhaps being associated with the way in which a dysfunctioning gut, poorly handling uh, a lot of the material that's going through it, uh, in a sense leaks and sees some of the, um, how can you call them, uh, well, malprocessed protein molecules. I was going to say materials. But... <laughs> Jumping the gut wall and getting into the circulation and setting up multiple forms of conditions, particularly things like food allergies, food intolerances. So there is this beginning of an awareness that uh, we need to be a little bit more conscious about optimising gut health, appreciating what happens at the top and what happens at the bottom, and making sure that every process associated with digestion is maximised or rectified, because the gut is a favourite target zone for many, many conditions. I think anyone in any form of health practice would say that gastrointestinal conditions uh, disproportionately represent themselves as far as presentations. Do you think that we're, it's just a case that we're learning so much more about the fact that it is, is so complex that helps? Oh, look, we're learning perhaps a lot more in, in, uh, in Western um, terminology, but if I reflect, for instance, on what's called Ayurvedic medicine, which I've studied and lectured on and, and practiced for many, many years. Ayurveda, the most ancient system of medicine known to mankind, has always seen uh, the gastrointestinal tract in utmost importance. Any Ayurvedic practitioner would address the gut as the starting base for addressing almost any condition. What's happening in, in, uh, in our society today is that Western people are becoming more interested in their health generally, more interested in their diet, I would argue, and I believe that very strongly, that people are more interested now in, in food and, and, and health and their diet, and as a result of that, are becoming familiar with the way in which a healthy gut 
um, nourished with healthy food and nourished with a healthy digestive process really becomes the arbiter of well-being. So I think there's what's happening presently is, is good. People are becoming aware and becoming understandable about what's going on. And this also leads then to them to appreciate the sorts of diseases that can assert themselves in the gut and how many of them can be helped using natural medications. So you go back to the, oh, now we'll get this name right, Ayurvedic? Ayurvedic. Okay, Ayurvedic. Yes. So if they've, if, it, if they've got it right way back then yes. and we're starting to go back yep. that way, yeah. where, where's this disconnect over, I guess, thousands of years? Where well, we I, think, I think the disconnect is perhaps not over thousands of years. I think the disconnect uh, started when we began to see the body just as a machine. And that um, is something that's happened over the last couple of hundred years as a result of the scientific revolution. So, you know, that's where the disconnect has occurred, the, uh, how can you call it, the breakup in thought between an ancient worldview and the modern scientific worldview, which, as we've said, sees the gut purely as something to put things in and something to get things out. In most traditional systems of medicine most traditional systems of medicine have always had a very sophisticated understanding of the importance of the gastrointestinal tract, even though they use different termino uh, terminology. For instance, you've mentioned uh, Ayurvedic medicine. Anyone that studied Ayurveda would know that an Ayurvedic physician would talk about Agni, A-G-N-I. Now we say, what well, so-and-so is that? Agni is the Ayurvedic way of talking about a healthy upper gut a digestive system that's capable of functioning well, breaking down protein and making sure that the first stage of digestion is accompanied, setting up good transit time through the gut. So anyone in Ayurvedic medicine would understand the importance of the gastrointestinal tract. It forms the system which is treated above all others as the necessity to, if you like, get the fire of digestion working properly. Whereas in the Western world, since we adopted this mechanical or mechanistic worldview, a lot of the uh, energetic systems of interpretation and the holistic view of the body fell apart so that the body was compartmentalised and we became a, just a mass of organ systems. Now we begin to realise more and more, since the doctrine of holism has crept back, that something like the gastrointestinal tract has, and its health has ramifications across the body and that every system in the body is interrelated and the nervous system for instance has a big role to play in the health and functioning of the digestive tract we just can't see the digestive system in isolation from other organs of the body we just can't see it as something that needs to be treated separately from the whole body Ready to go to the phones? We are indeed. Let's have a look. Trish at Blacksmiths. Good afternoon. You have a question for Dennis in and around Slippery Elm. Yes. Hi, Dennis. It's uh, Trish um, speaking. Hello, Trish. Uh, I haven't seen... How are you? Good, good. That's good. I haven't seen you for quite a number of years, yes. but I remember I saw you at your rooms in New Lambton. Yes, and yes. You recommended Slippery Elm to me. I just yes. wanted to say to you that I haven't looked back since I started taking that. Isn't that and, good? And... Uh, Yes, it's been wonderful. That's so, good. Um, I just wanted to let you know that you know if there's anyone with um, problems with their um, 
with their gut and um, that I'd highly recommend it. So I thought I'd just let you know that uh, I'm doing really well oh, on that. Very, so. That's made my day, Trish, just to know that yes. uh, that little bit of advice about a very, very simple herb has given yes. you sustained benefit. But before we took your call, I was talking briefly to Mark and made comments about a slippery elm. It, in, oh, my, in my opinion, it is probably, probably one of the most important remedies for the gastrointestinal mm -hmm. tract. It's a great uh, protector of the gut. Now, mm. listeners might say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, slippery elm is a very understandable herb. First of all, let me explain to listeners that uh, slippery elm is really the bark of what's yes. called the slippery elm tree. Uh, Ulmus fulva is its botanical name. It's an American native, and it's becoming a little bit uh, difficult to get slippery elm because of the demand uh, for the bark, which is subsequently converted into a powder. But the bark contains uh, a substance called mucilage, M-U-C-I-L-A-G-E. Now, that mucilaginous substance is a great protector of the gut wall. It sets up uh, a barrier uh, against the gut contents and the gut wall, which in the upper gut allows it to be used effectively in dealing with uh, reflux, in even working with conditions like peptic ulceration. It's a great complementary remedy. So any of the upper gut conditions uh, characterised by reflux, burning, or what we used to call hypracidity, I still say to listeners, Trish, to, before you do anything, try some slippery elm because mm. it is very competitive, in my opinion, with many of the modern drugs that are out there, and it's perfectly harmless and, uh, yes. ve and very, very safe and effective. But the interesting thing also is it works just as well as it's going through the gastrointestinal tract in as much that uh, every condition that I would treat of the large bowel, uh, diverticulitis, uh, even inflammatory bowel conditions, I would always ensure that slippery elm bark in a powder, a capsule or a tablet, preferably a powder, was used yes. as part of the treatment and I get very pleasant results. And interestingly, mm. interestingly, because of the mucilaginous content in this remarkable herb, it is the great regulator of what I call transit time. That is, it can work against both constipation and work against diarrhoea. So um, after having given that rave, which you know all about, uh, Trish, after having it's given that wonderful. rave, mm. I would say mm. to listeners out there, if you have a gut problem characterised by any of those things that I've mentioned, get onto some slippery elm. By the yes. way, as I said to Mark also before the program, there are some medicos now, uh, by the way, medicos, a few medicos have always used it, but I'm finding increasingly, increasingly, uh, medical practitioners are recommending to their patients that they try slippery elm. That's a great start. Um, yes, Trish, it's wonderful. Trish, can I just ask, can you remember how long ago it was you actually saw Dennis? Roughly how long oh, ago? Three to four years, maybe. Okay, mm. you're pleased to know he's still got a very lustrous head of hair <laughs> on him too. <laughs> oh, that's good. No, he's, he's a great man, and um, I've benefited from um, the treatment that he recommended to me, yeah. Thank I, you, I Trish. use the powder, and it, it's wonderful. So thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Trish. Good on you. Thank you so much, Trish, for that call. And $50, Dennis, will be in the mail. <laughs> so, Trish, from you. <laughs> look, we've got some more calls. So we'll come back and have a look at those shortly. Oh, dear you. And, uh, me, and we'll also uh, continue uh, Dennis's chat about gut health. 49216216 if you'd like to have a chat to Dennis this afternoon.
Hi, I'm Dennis Stewart. I've practiced and taught complementary medicine for over 30 years. I specialize in herbal and naturopathic medicine, which are very useful for addressing chronic diseases such as arthritis, eczema, psoriasis, bronchitis and chronic fatigue syndrome. To arrange a consultation to discuss your health problems and the application of complementary medicine to them, call our sponsor Dennis Stewart for an appointment. New Lambton 49562321 or Cessnock 49913 Domain's Bonus Up is back with Hot Deals in Furniture. Buy a fabric lounge over $19.99 and choose your bonus. An ottoman or accent chair or a rug up to the value of $499. Buy any leather lounge over $19.99 and receive a bonus Guardsman leather protection kit to the value of $299. Don't miss more huge bonus deals on lounges, dining and outdoor furniture. Install now at Domain. Hurry, Bonus Up ends Monday at Domain. Our sponsor. To NURFM weather. On the waters today, some north northeasterly, 20 knot winds, seas around 2.5 metres, and a northeasterly 2 metre swell. High tide coming up, half past five this afternoon, around 1.5 metres there, and a thunderstorm expected later this afternoon. Sunny to start your weekend, and then more rain by Saturday night. Currently by the beach at Merriweather, it is 25 degrees, 26 degrees at Beresfield, continuing with Dennis Stewart and Health Naturally this afternoon. Good afternoon, Greg. You're at Toronto with uh, some gut problems after some meningitis and heavy antibiotics? Well, yeah, I call it Asian Orange because it did, I think it destroyed my gut. Mm. Mm. And I, I fell off a building in 2005 and fractured my skull. And um, four years in a row after that incident, I got meningitis every winter. Oh, dear, dear, dear. And obviously, I, you know, went into hospital and they injected whatever they injected three times a day for two or three weeks and then they said go home yeah. so what sort and of what sort of gut symptoms are you, are you uh, uh, faced <laughs> with <laughs> well because I don't have taste buds because of the head fracture and I don't have a sense of smell because of the head fracture uh, eating is not a priority in my life mm. um, I'm only 70 and um, my gut's never been the same ever since because mm. Um, I have to be careful where I go because if I don't go to the toilet three or four times in the morning, it'll catch me out later. I've got you. Okay. My, and mm -hmm. I've been, I've tried uh, quite a few probiotics and that other thing that the lady was just mentioning, which was... Um, slippery elm. Slippery elm, but yeah. it doesn't seem to have resolved any of my issues with my gut. I, and now, recently, I went to the gut clinic in Five Dock, and they suggested a colonoscopy at major expense. And I said, no, 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 because I had one in March, and yes. they didn't seem to think there was any issue in yes. that section. Yes. Mm. Dennis, do you think you've got some uh, help there for Greg? Well, I think the, uh, Greg obviously has a very compromised mm. gastrointestinal tract, so anything <clears throat> that I would say would be probably fairly superficial in the context of of his condition. I would be perhaps asking him to discuss with his uh, GP perhaps the role of what are called digestive enzymes. They're substances that can uh, sometimes compensate for any deficiency in the body's production and excretion of enzymes. That would be a worthwhile uh, thing for this gentleman uh, to, to do. And then I'm going to throw something in here from left field. Um, there is a herb that uh, traditional herbalists such as myself 
have great regard for. It's a very old herb. It was popularly used, uh, well, up until about the Second World War. It's probably the major remedy to treat most gut insufficiencies. And that was a preparation known as tincture of gentian, G-E-N-T-I-A-N. Now, older pharmacists would know of tincture gentian. In fact, there used to be a preparation in pharmacy that was called up in the Australian pharmaceutical formulary known as tincture gentian co, which was a great tonic remedy. Now, gentian is one of the most bitter herbs that we can possibly taste, and it is characterised by what's called a bitter principle. Now, my point of emphasising this is that bitter principles are great restorers of depressed functioning. This gentleman has a lot of depressed functioning, and I'm wondering whether using a herb such as gentian, which is very safe and very low dose, would have to be procured from a herbalist or a pharmacist. Using it, there may be some retrieval, some retrieval of enzyme secretion, some retrieval of gut wall activity, i.e. an improvement in gastric juice secretion. In this gentleman's case, which is a very compromised case and not an easy one to address, obviously he's had a lot of medical consideration and investigation, I would be suggesting as a starting base uh, the use of some digestive enzymes and the procurement and the use of this bitter herb called tincture gentian. Hope, uh, hope everything works out for you, Greg. Good afternoon, Carol. You're at Brunkerville. What is going on with your legs? Yes, hi. I have the cystitis in the upper part of my right leg, yes. and I've had an ultrasound which diagnosed that as well. And I've since had a steroid needle in it. Yes. Uh, which eased it. It did ease it for quite a while, and I was very happy with that. Good. Going away, good. I thought, good. yes, good. that's good. But now, it's because I lay on that right side when I'm asleep, I automatically go on that side and um, it's starting to keep me awake at night again. And I'm doing exercises, um, going to physio, remedial massage, but I don't seem to be able to get any relief. And I'm just wondering if you've got something that may be able to help. Has your doctor prescribed any anti-inflammatories? Um, Voltaren. Okay. Uh, does it give you relief? Time. I've tried taking them at night and I get to sleep, but I'm awake at sort of one, one o'clock in the morning and then sort of rocking from side to side trying to get comfortable. Okay. Look, um, the use of something like vol Voltaren under your doctor's direction is okay. The level of pain that you've got um, is probably not going to be yielding to some of the softer oral anti inflammatories that herbalists and naturopaths use. One immediately thinks of things like curcumin. Uh, willow bark, things that I mentioned on this program. But in your particular case, um, in as much that you've had to have a steroid injection, I doubt whether they'd really give you the degree of benefit that you're looking for. Um, a daily use of what your doctor's prescribed, uh, in my opinion, is OK, so long as it's being monitored by him. But get yourself a topical preparation that incorporates arnica and the oleoresin of capsicum. Now, write those two terms down. A topical application, that's a cream, a lotion, a rub that includes arnica 
and what's called the oleo resin of capsicum. Now, I'm not going to mention brand names, but there are products in the pharmacy and health food store that would contain those two constituents. That preparation or those preparations incorporating those two herbs are very effective in bringing about uh, a noticeable improvement in pain, particularly when they're applied ongoingly and they'll take about three or four days to kick in. This is where a lot of people using a preparation like this um, uh, uh, use it unintelligently. They are not using it a long enough period of time, i.e. three to four days, before the condition starts to yield to these active chemicals in it. The best advice that I could give to you would be to go down the pathway of using a good topical. Thank you very much for Carol and Greg. Good afternoon, Steve at Barnsley. Uh, you've got a testosterone question for Dennis today. Good afternoon, Steve. G'day. Hello, Steve. G'day, Dennis. Um, yeah, mate, as I've got older, I'm, I'm losing strength and I still am working. Yes. Um, I'm of the... Uh, let me see the mature age of 65 next month. Okay, yep. And um, obviously still working. Good, good. And um, uh, even young fellas say, no way you're 65. Um, So I look younger. Good. And I try and maintain my health and fitness. But... um, just my strength um, is is going away. <laughs> Look, the one of the uh, herbs that I have great regard for uh, to be used uh, at this stage of our life is the uh, Chinese ginseng, Panax ginseng, also known as Korean ginseng. I, I am convinced from my studies, my use, my lecturing on it. Um, that it is capable of sustaining the reputation that it has in Asia as being a remedy to address what I called up only a week or so ago as ageing conditions. And in the male, that means obviously a reduction in vital processes and a reduction in strength, etc., etc. If you're not using uh, Panax ginseng, I think you could be missing out on a benefit. Um, I'm, not, oh, I'm not a great fan of recommending multiple things. I said to a patient in my rooms at New Lambton yesterday, I think Australians take too many things, including too many vitamins and minerals. My belief is there are supplements, vitamins and minerals to address particular health problems. Outside of that, it could come from the diet or should come from the diet. But where you have a condition associated with ageing, I believe that's a genuine condition that can uh, be helped by using the knowledge of traditional medicine from other cultures and in this case taking on board the reputation, the literature uh, associated with this remarkable remedy. Now remember, with the ginseng, it's not something that's going to, uh, um, you know, overnight uh, reverse 20 years of your life. That's impossible. But what it will do is grow on you. It is a tonic remedy that needs to be taken in a sustained way and the benefits will emerge after quite a period of time 
when you look back and see from where you've come, and it should be a considerable difference. Get on to some Panax ginseng. Uh, that we started a little earlier. Talking about the gut, you did mm. sort of start to mention before the phone calls came about the, ner the, the nervous system and how that can be affected by gut health as well. You've got a couple of examples you yeah, want to look, throw at us. I think there's a very, very strong uh, understanding even of the way in which the nervous system and the gut are interrelated. And some of the terminology that is used in medicine uh, implies this very strongly. For instance, today we frequently hear of the term irritable bowel syndrome. And uh, that, it is a syndrome, and it's a real syndrome. And what is it? It's a condition where the gastrointestinal tract, particularly the lower part of it, is afflicted by multiple symptoms. They can be diarrhoea, constipation, bloating, colicky symptoms, cramping, spasm, a whole spectrum of unpleasant gut symptoms. Now, these symptoms obviously uh, have been investigated. A patient presenting to a doctor or even to a natural therapist with those symptoms would immediately uh, be recommended have investigation, and rightly so, because those sorts of symptoms can also be associated with fairly sinister pathologies. But very, very, very frequently, in fact, I would argue in the majority of cases where those symptoms present, when the patient is investigated, there is no pathology, there are no major lesions to explain the symptoms that that patient is genuinely experiencing. They're genuine, there's no doubt about that. But what these symptoms are, in my opinion, they're the connection, they're the dysfunction between the nervous system and the musculature of the gut. Put it this way, irritable bowel syndrome, in my opinion, has more to do with the, uh, the patient's experience of anxiety, tension, stress, worry, crises happening in their life, events that have happened in their life. Even sometimes irritable bowel syndrome and those spectrum of symptoms that we've referred to there being predominantly uh, nervous symptoms, frequently they can be triggered off by bringing back the residue, if you like, of a gut infection that's happened overseas. Some people will find that the irritable bowel syndrome can be traced back to picking up some infection when they were visiting an overseas country and even when the uh, infection is resolved it leaves behind the set of symptoms that goes under the banner of irritable bowel syndrome. It is in my uh, belief a disconnect between the gut and the, the nervous system where the musculature of the gut, the small muscles, go in and out of, of spasm, create colic and all those symptoms there's a good example, in my opinion, of where the nervous system and the gut uh, come to, together as an interface and can cause a lot of symptoms. And this is a beautiful way of acknowledging the role of traditional herbal medicine in alleviating these functional symptoms. Now, let's be cautious here. We're using the term functional symptoms. That is, symptoms not arising from any major pathology. Here there are a bracket of well-known, very, very safe herbs which are being used all around the world to address these symptoms of the gut. And they work, they're cheap, they're effective and they're easily utilised. So you meant mentioning some of the herbs yep, there yep. That, that treat that. Um, a couple of couple okay. you'd like to drop there? Well, look, there are, there are three or four, and I'll go through them slowly, 
so that listeners might just jot them down as they go. Um, listeners would have heard me talk about the European herb chamomile. Matricaria is its botanical name. Chamomile is its common name. Chamomile is not a herb to be predominantly thought about for inducing sleep or things like that. It doesn't work well at all. But chamomile is probably the major uh, remedy that's used to address a lot of functional gut symptoms. So in any treatment that I would give for irritable bowel, chamomile would be the lead remedy. It addresses most of those symptoms and sometimes more serious symptoms. But around that, you would think of the, uh, the other herbs. Where there is, for instance, and you see this a lot with young people, where there is a, an anxiety condition, uh, where there is a, a nervous dyspepsia, you see it a lot in kids that are studying for examinations where they begin to get nausea and, and sickness, particularly when they get out of bed. It's anxiety. There, the remarkable herb, lemon balm, Melissa officinalis, that is a remarkable remedy where the practitioner can relate the person's gut symptoms to irritability, to uh, worry, to anxiety, to stress, it's a beautiful remedy, the herb lemon balm, for anxiety-based uh, gut conditions. Now, also go down a little bit further. Uh, you find a lot, particularly in, in um, elderly people, but not only elderly people, you'll find that a lot of abdominal symptomatology characterised by what we might call liverish symptoms, and that is uh, some mild colicky gallbladder-suspected symptoms associated with bloating and here also uh, periodic nausea or what we used to refer to as biliousness there you will not get a better herb to use than the herb peppermint now peppermint is so well renowned and so available that it's probably boring to even talk about it but it's a remarkable remedy for what i would consider to be lower gut conditions characterized by bloating biliousness and nausea Chamomile is a general remedy to use and also the lemon balm predominantly for the upper gut for stomach used specifically for dealing with anxiety-based gut conditions. Dennis, and on top of that, I really think you swallowed a dictionary in the middle of that too. Do you a think of, so? A lot of words. Oh, well, there you go. You're yeah. learning. We did learn some things. <laughs> Dennis, a great to gut health talk today. Will you be back next week for another Health Naturally next Absolutely. Friday morning? Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.